You're listening to a sermon from Midtown Presbyterian Church in Phoenix, Arizona. If you'd like to learn more about Midtown and its ministry, please visit us at midtownpres.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Well, good morning, everybody. Again, I am uh, Gail Parker, and I am grateful to be with you today. This might be a bit of a surprise to some of you, but 42 years ago when Tom and I were first married, occasionally we would fight. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and and this, this is how I fought in those days. I would go into the bedroom. We lived in a little apartment. I would go in the bedroom, furious, shut the door and lock the door. And he figured out how to tear apart an ink pen and pick the lock. <laughs> As he would be entering that door, I would go into the master bathroom that was right there, shut and lock the door, and he would be talking to me through the door and pick open the lock, and we did this a few times, and I finally realized, this is not bringing peace. <laughs> this is not bringing peace at all. As much as I don't like conflict, to avoid it, or run away from it, or to shut people out, doesn't bring peace. In fact, um, when I shut somebody else out, I'm functionally shutting out God because our God is a God of peace. Our God is a God of peace. We, um, we've been in the sermon series that we're calling You're Invited. And today I want to just say you're invited into peace. You're invited into the peace that Jesus brings. In fact, Scripture tells us He is our peace. He, Jesus, is our peace. I want to invite you to open the door to peace. I'm going to read from Micah in the Old Testament. And you can follow along with me. This is Micah 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. And then reading from the New Testament, the book of Ephesians 2, chapter, or verse 14. For he, Jesus, is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for this day that we can be together like this. And I pray that you, your spirit would be with my mouth. That my words would be faithful to your words. That your spirit would be with our ears. That you would give us ears to hear what it is that your spirit is saying to us. And that we would leave here as people who are living in peace. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Michael was prophesying in the last half of the 8th century BC. It was a time in both the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel of spiritual and, and moral and societal decay. It was a time when, honestly, the people were in conflict with God, whether they admitted it or not. And God was in conflict with the people. I picture kind of the setting, um, as I read the, the prophet, of, of God standing outside of a closed door, tr trying to get through to his people. And Honestly, what happens is they move further and further away. They move further and further away from the Lord into idolatry, um, into all kinds of things that bring not only them a lack of peace, but within themselves, the, all, the whole society crumbles. Um, in chapter 6, God actually says the Lord has a controversy with his people. We have a problem, the Lord is saying. And you probably know this first, but at one point, Micah asked the question, what does the Lord require? And the answer is, do justice. Love kindness. Walk humbly with your God. The Lord's trying to get through. The door may be shut, but the Lord is still speaking. I want to lift up three things from, from what I see in these texts that, that if we want to open the door to peace, these things will be a part of that. One is that we've got to trust our lives to the right leader. Another is that we've got to allow Christ to break down the walls that we put up. And we've got to accept this gift if we want to live in peace. Trust the right leader. In Micah's day, the leadership had become corrupt. They were self-serving. They, they didn't have the, the best interest of the Lord in mind. They didn't have the best interest of the people in mind. And so, basically, sin multiplied. And the society just began to decay. Rich grew richer, poor grew poorer. Um, it, it, just every kind of moral issue that you can imagine was present and, and real. And it was into that setting that Micah made this promise that I just read, that a new leader would be born, and that this leader would be uh, a good shepherd. Now, we live on this side of history, and, and we know that this 
this leader that was born in Bethlehem was the one that we know as Jesus. And that he wasn't just some good guy that lived a long time ago, but that he actually was God. And when he died, God raised him from the dead, and he is present with us even now. His Holy Spirit is actively at, at work and moving in our lives and in the world around us. Matthew says, we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus, before he left this earth, promised to be with us always. The question is, in whose presence will you live and under whose authority will you put your life? And the answer to that question has everything to do with whether or not you'll live in peace. <clears throat> Righteous leadership is important. It's important within a nation for what happens in the lives of the people who live there. It's important between nations. Right leadership is important in the church for the life and the health and the peace of the church. And right leadership is really important in our own lives personally. And the right leadership always involves a measure of trust. I remember when uh, I was teaching Luke to drive, our son Luke to drive. It was a very scary thing for me. <laughs> and it was scary for him as well, but Reach. it was really scary. <laughs> I never did it before. And um, I learned early on that if I screamed, the curb, the curb, it didn't help him. <laughs> and so I vowed, I worked so hard to keep my mouth shut. I worked so hard to keep my mouth shut. But what I couldn't do was keep my leg down. It just, if I wanted him to put the brake on, I just would. Uh, and that didn't help me either. <laughs> the thing is, I was really struggling to let go of control. That, that really was what this was about for me. Was, could I trust him with the keys to the car? As long as I was trying to control him, as long as I am trying to control any kind of person or circumstance or whatever it is I'm trying to control in my life, I am not trusting the other. Coming to God always involves a measure, uh, a big measure, of submission. We've got to bow our, bend our knees. We've got to submit our hearts. We've got to confess our sins. We've got to sub submit, surrender our lives. That's, that's at the heart of all of this. Micah is promising this good shepherd in, in stark contrast to the leadership that was in existence at the time. There's one coming who's going to be a good shepherd and he's going to care for the flock of God. Do you need somebody to care for you? But it's really important that you trust the right one.
there's this new shepherd, this good shepherd. His name is Jesus. If you want peace, will you allow him to lead you? Will you allow him to show you the way? Open the door to trusting the right one to lead you. Allow Christ to break down your walls. Peace comes in a person. Ephesians makes it very plain. Jesus is our peace. Peace comes in a, in a person. Now, it's because of his death for us on a cross that we have peace with God. There is no other way we get that peace. It comes in Jesus. At the time that uh, this passage in Ephesians was written, the Apostle Paul is describing the relationship that the Jews had with the non-Jews. They were strangers, aliens to each other, he describes. Um, there were these huge walls that they had built, walls of hostility that were between the two groups of people. And, and what Paul is saying is Jesus broke all those walls down. And he's made both of those groups of people one group of people. They are, they are all his and they are all one. I was reflecting this week on on how we still learn to build walls. Walls that Christ would break down. I, we, we build walls because we want to control what happens in our lives, what happens to us. We, we build walls because we're trying to protect our hearts. We build walls because we're trying to um, protect an image, perhaps, that we want to, other people to see of us. We compartmentalize our hearts. We, um, we separate that which is right and, and uh, compassionate and uh, generous from that which is wrong and fearful and perhaps even dangerous. We, we know we're not all bad, but we're not all good either. We, we compartmentalize um, the the image we project. We think that by, by uh, putting walls up around our false self, perhaps, that we, we can control what others see and what they don't see in our lives. But the problem is, it, it won't work if we want to live in peace. It just won't work. What happens is, we need to let Christ break down those walls that are within us and allow him to save those places in us that we're trying to control or hide or um, whatever, why, whatever we're doing. Or we'll always be afraid of that dark side of us. And then what we do is protect that, that dark side of us onto the people who are different from us. And then that puts up more walls. If we allow Christ to come in and break down those walls, save those, the dark sides of us, 
then what happens is we become people who live in Christ, which is to live in peace. And then transformation happens. Transformation happens. As we allow him to lead us, as we allow him to break down walls within us and around us and between us and other people, we look more and more like Christ and we become those who make peace, bring peace, where we go. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention especially to those, to those times where you lack peace. This might be a silly example, but a week or so ago, I, I was in a first come first serve line. I was waiting for an x-ray on my foot that's sore. And they didn't take appointments yet, and you had to just go wait. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm becoming more and more irritated as I wait. I noticed this lady who's sitting kind of across right where you are. She's sitting right across from me, and she's been waiting longer than I have. And at one point, she goes to the counter, and the lady, I hear the ladies say to her, you're going to be the next one called. And somebody else gets called in front of her, and she throws her head back, and she rolls her eyes, and she groans really loud, and I'm thinking to myself, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I am just as irritated. I'm just as irritated. And all of a sudden, I, I became aware of what was happening internally. And I began to talk to the Lord about it. Lord, I am not at peace here. What is this about? And I swear to you, I realized it's because I, I thought I was really important. It's because I thought, who are these people to make me wait? I am the queen of my own universe here. <laughs> I said, Lord, I want to let go of this. And I want to be clothed with humility. And I want to be clothed with patience. Do that in me. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to those times when things are going on in you. And, um, and maybe you just think, well, that's just how I am. But you, it's not having... You can live in peace. Pay attention to times when you're feeling envy or jealousy or you're struggling perhaps to control or manipulate something that you want to happen a certain way. Pay attention to your stress level or your anxiety. Pay attention to where you're hurt, perhaps where you've hurt someone else. Pay, pay attention to your life. And then open the door and let the Savior save you right there. Open the door and allow him to break down those walls that rob you of living in peace with yourself and rob you of living with peace with the people you live with or your family or your friends or whoever it is. When you see that kind of stuff, it just means you need a Savior. And that's good news, because we have a Savior in Jesus. 
open the door and let him enter into those places where you're the most ashamed or perhaps the most discouraged. Open the door to peace. And to do that, you gotta not only trust the right leader, not only allow Christ to break down the walls, but you need to accept it. It's a gift. Um, the, uh, the word shalom actually is a bigger word. We translate it peace, but it's actually a, a word that is bigger than, than just uh, maybe my, the peace within my soul or the peace between you and, and uh, you know, like a private peace between you and God. It's, it's really very large. It, it means completeness and the wholeness of all of the creation with, with every fab, part of the fabric of creation. It's, it's a big, beautiful, holistic term. It means the end of injustice. It means the end of conflict. Conflict on a small level between you and yourself, or you and God, or you and somebody you know, but the end of conflict between nations, within nations and between nations. It means the end of inequity between the rich and the poor. Uh, it means people will love each other. I, uh, I love this quote from Mother Teresa. If we have no peace, it's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. We've forgotten that we belong to each other. And, and one reason we forget that we belong to each other is that we build these walls so that we, eat, we don't even see the other anymore. This peace that we're offered is, is peace with God, it's, it's peace with one another. In the end of times when God brings the kingdom to earth as it is in heaven, it's, it's, it's this beautiful peace throughout all of creation. It's, it's a gift from God. We know the world is broken. No matter how hard we try, we can't bring peace. It's a gift that comes from God. And it's a gift that as, as horrible as, as, as war is and as wonderful as it will be when there is war no more, that's just a token of this peace. It's the end of the war between our hearts and our maker. It's a treaty that was written at Bethlehem and offered at Bethlehem and signed and sealed in blood at the cross. We can live in peace. There's a, an Episcopal priest by the name of Laurel Matthewson. And she tells about a devotional that she read during Advent. And in this devotional, the author was telling about this incredible gift that she was given at Christmas one year. It seems her friends all pooled money together. And they gave her a year's worth of salary so that she could spend that year writing a book that they believed she needed to write. They believed in her, they wanted to support her. And it was, it was like this 
jaw-dropping. Who would do this kind of, who would give a gift like this kind of thing, you know, to receive a gift like that? Well, she accepted the gift, and in that year, Harper Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. It was an incredible gift. Friends, who would love you so much? To reach to you in all your brokenness and offer you peace. Who would love you so much to reach into the brokenness that is, is much of it is our own making, right? We're, we lack peace because of our own sinfulness. We lack peace because of our own, we've made poor choices. That's, it's, so much of it is our fault. And yet, he loves us so much that he, he just keeps coming at us again and again, and, and he knows it, and he sees it, and he's aware of it, even when we're not aware of it, and he just offers us peace again and again and again and again. It's a gift, and it's an incredible gift. Friends, you are, you are, you matter so much more to God than you can even imagine. He has written a check. And he has paid in full for you to have peace. Not just for a year, but for all eternity. That's what he's done. It's jaw-dropping. It's, it's amazing. It's an incredible, amazing gift. With the gift that Harper Lee's friend gave her, she, she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. What will you and I write with our lives if we accept this gift of peace? Open the door, folks. Open the door. Pray with me.